Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast that said they'd stop taking so many damn review games, and yet, here we are. I'm your host, the man who still makes and breaks New Year's resolutions each year, David Lloyd, and I'm here with a gentleman that is no stranger to the self-inflicted pain of meeting too many deadlines, Jordan Rudick. I feel like I've... (laughs) I feel like I reviewed four games in the last two weeks or something like that. That might actually be true. I might have pu- at least published four reviews in the last two weeks. Um, I was going to say to you, I, I was listening to last week's episode with, with Paige, the direct reactions that you guys had. And I'm like, oh, an hour and a half. Like, this is a really long episode just for you two to talk. <laughs> and I'm like, and then I realized why it was so long. You mentioned like you mentioned Pixel Remaster like five times in the first 20 <laughs> minutes. So I'm like, OK, there, there that that justifies the over 90 minute uh, recording length there. Well, I was doing a lot of moonwalking after that direct was over because I'm so excited that uh, there's no way that Pixel Remaster is coming in the first half of the season, the year. So, you know, things are looking up and up for that uh, that six pack of beer. They're just building up your confidence so that you the fall from grace is even further. So that, that that's fine with me. Um, I, they were they were not going to put that Pixel Remaster announcement in with a, a, a direct loaded with RPGs. <laughs> yeah, like, I, know, I don't think eh? we've ever seen a direct with that many RPG announcements. Like that was, that was just nuts. And so um, many of them old square games, like uh, live alive. And um, what was that? The front mission, I think is a front square mission one and one two Chrono cross. Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, Triangle strategy. Obviously they showed that off again. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it was crazy. Like square Enix are Kingdom going Hearts. really, going really hard for, uh, for switch. Yeah. You know, um, no, no shortage of games to play, but if you're an RPG fan, you're eating you're eating real good right now. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I think even the last couple of years, uh, w- there's always like we always think about doing a direct episode, and then we look at like the source step material that's in there. And like, all right, there's like three games out of the twenty or thirty or whatever it is that are RPG. So I guess the, mm-hmm. this is kind of redundant. But then. You, you know, we watched the direct and then I'm like, holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> almost, like, I mean, it felt like almost half of the announcements were RPGs or, R, you know, RPG adjacent, you know, like so. like Fire Emblem yeah. Warriors or something, too. Well, and then I don't even feel like we gave Xenoblade 3 much. Uh, by the time we got to the end of the episode, we were so exhausted. It was like, yeah, Xenoblade 3 is out. All right, wrap her up. And, and that was <laughs> I thought that was the most hype announcement. Like, I, I was yeah. it looks awesome. Like, I, I can't believe how good that looks. And it obviously seems to be building off of the first two games. I love that. I love that art style for the characters. Uh, I, God, September. I, I can't believe that <laughs> September too. Like that's quick. Quick. What, what that makes me think is that it's possible you know, rather than doing December, like make it a holiday, you know, a, just, just after the holiday game kind of slotting in that holiday window, they must, Nintendo's got to have something big for November. You'd think like whether that's Breath yeah. of the wild or Mario Odyssey two or something like that. Um, there's going to be some heavy hitters coming after Xenoblade because normally Xenoblade kind of concludes the year. It's like the last big game, but for there to be stuff after that too. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a good year for everybody. It'd be interesting if it was a new Mario, because uh, I think what didn't Xenoblade come, wasn't like Mario in October and then Xenoblade was December or something like that. That's it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A couple months after so around this time or something. You could very easily see, November being like the yeah the, the big Black Friday game being a Mario game like that's it's an it's a no brainer if they if it's a, if it's if it's finished and ready to go sure and mm-hmm. then the Mario game you probably don't do Mario and Zelda you you do no. one and then it makes the wait for the next one a little bit easier so I think you'd even maybe start with Mario push Zelda to March next year and people will be playing Mario until then you're good right so yeah yeah 
makes sense if as mm-hmm. i guess as long as they're on schedule then uh, i'm sure that that would work yeah it was oh. funny watching that uh, xenoblade though when it first came out like when they're showing it it the character design kind of looked more like the first game like it almost looked like yes. they're going back yes. to the first game so i'm like oh, okay so saito uh obviously uh is one and done there's no way this is him there's there's mm-hmm. not enough skin being shown and then to yeah, see the uh, announcement from <laughs> Tekahashi afterwards and they're like yeah, oh and he's right. back and i'm like really <laughs> i guess somebody uh somebody asked him to take it from a 10 down to a four i guess yeah he's got he's got someone watching him at all times now and he's gonna yeah. make sure everyone's properly clothed but you know we don't want to speak too soon because that, that might just be what they show in a direct but yeah, when you actually get into the game where there's a you know individual trailers about uh more of the characters uh there could very well be um uh, who knows well, <laughs> i don't want to speculate uh, too much yet but you can see i bet you you'd, we might end up seeing blades from the second game show up in the third mm-hmm. game or uh yeah it could be anything uh it was funny though because when i took a deeper look at the designs like the there's that one one that's a couple of them are kind of popular. The the female looking characters, like they're the the cat girl, cat ears yeah, girl. I think has been, yeah. But it's funny because I was looking at like the design of her dress and stuff, and it's very very close to uh, Mithra, right? Like the, yeah, sure. The, like the way it has kind of um, like the sequenced um, pant with like little dots and the, like it just it looked clearly like covering more. <laughs> yeah, compared yeah, to definitely. Mithra, but but it's very much. Uh, looks like they're like the same fabric or something so it's interesting mm-hmm. to see like little things like that and then keep the the pointing out of like the mcconnus and the uriah in the background and stuff like oh man it's uh and i i you know i, I really like the the idea that you know it's kind of it reminds me a little bit of the first game uh in just in terms of the story that we've got so far the, you know these two kind of warring factions that hate each other very much you know mcconnus first bionis kind of thing um, I believe you see a character who could be Melia, maybe even was confirmed to be Melia, uh, where she's wearing like a mask, but uh, like a dark kind of steel or iron mask or something like that. But her dress yes, looks like Melia. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you see you see that character flash for a second. Uh, but maybe she's you know, I don't know, gone to the other side or she's a darker <laughs> character this go around. I don't know. Um, I still haven't played Future Connected, which was that kind of epilogue uh, that came with the... Um, remaster or the re-release of the first game that came to switch so yeah. uh, i wonder if there's something in there that could signal or point to something uh for the third game so i i need, I need to finish that at some point before uh september definitely if if, I, if, I if this deluge of games just can hold on yeah, for right. one one week or two you know yeah yeah uh, i was thinking even myself like i probably should play torna sometime between now and yes september yes if I for can, sure, but... for sure yeah. Uh, clearly i'll be having to purchase a digital copy of it because the it, it's like nintendo ran out of physical copies of xenoblade uh mm-hmm. two and torna because trying yeah. to find them is next to impossible so i think torna was a limited release too just because it was it is kind of dlc-ish too right it's long yeah. you could definitely play it standalone uh, and i actually do have a physical copy of that game but um i, I think they probably didn't publish that many uh, so yeah, if, you, if you've got a physical copy of that game, hang on to it for sure. It's probably going to be get, get more rare. But I was going to say uh, you could probably sell that uh, cop, physical copy on uh, eBay right now and uh, trade it in for a uh, Series X because I think the valuation <laughs> right. must be pretty close. Yeah, well, you, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> definitely a time where if you've got rare games, uh, you, you're looking to unload. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of panic buyers uh, out there right now. So, yep. Yeah, but we'll, uh, we'll see if we get to that discussion uh, by the end of today. We've got some other things to talk about, too. 
Yeah, we got uh, some some great. Uh, you know, we were talking about review games, and so we've got a lineup of different games that we reviewed, all RPGs, obviously, and they kind of range from uh, a couple of indie games uh, that were really fun. And we're going to finish up with a, a game that just came out recently uh, from mm-hmm. Square, which was a, a shock, a surprise. So sure. Um, yeah, I guess we'll start maybe with uh, the first one that both you and I actually reviewed. Uh, you mm-hmm. reviewed for NWR, I reviewed for. Thirsty Mage, and it's yep. called A Rise of the Third Power. So uh, you, Jordan, actually <laughs> pointed this one out to me. I probably uh, wouldn't have even known it existed um, if, if you hadn't uh, suggested I pick this up for review. And It's uh, the same on... for the second, the next game we're going to talk about. Yeah, too. Right. Both of these yeah. are Jordan's suggestion specials. Yep, and um, I think most people uh, probably don't know that Rise of the Third Power uh, released because it released on the same day as the direct. Yeah. So the so those poor devs uh, probably lost any any kind of marketing buzz or anything like that. So hopefully, uh, if anyone hears what us talk about it, uh, it's going to be obviously spoiler free. But uh, yeah, we're going to you know wax uh, poetic about it, and if you want to pick it up, that it, it is out. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a, a game from small dev team, and this is actually it's it's actually made in RPG Maker. It's a mix of RPG Maker and Unity. Uh, I did a little little research on it because a lot of the times I know people can um, kind of get their nose up about RPG Maker, and um, you know I'm not going to pretend like I'm not one of them. Um, y- you you kind of have to uh, give me a reason to play those ones, uh, just because there's so many out there. So it's it's uh, you know, kind of diamond in the rough, finding some good uh, games on there. But yeah, this one looked pretty neat. It obviously had the the retro look, the any SNES kind of era look to it uh, that you and I both enjoy. So that was obviously what kind of gets your attention at first. But then what happens is when you kind of get into the game, you, you see the combat system and it's got this terrific, uh, it, it's both complex in the way that it plays uh, it's a bit. Of, it's a unique way that to, that they have it set up because it's it's not kind of like your traditional, you know, you know, use magic until it wears out and then use a potion or something like that. Like they have a pretty uh, neat system mm-hmm. where you can recharge on the fly, which we'll kind of get into in the moment. And um, it just it looks beautiful in in the turn based combat mode because there's all these special effects that uh, happen when you're doing the moves and. Um, they really rely on uh, kind of mixing and matching with with different uh, characters, like their move sets, so that you can kind of uh, build on top of uh, different moves. And you know, one one character hits one way, and then another character can kind of chain onto that in a certain kind of way. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty neat. And they do like uh, those combination moves that are kind of, I guess, kind of Chrono Trigger ish. Uh, you can't do a, a trifecta move, but you can do like the two particular characters have special moves that they can do together mm-hmm. so it's pretty fun and um the thing that surprised me uh, i think most about the game is how i ended up kind of getting into the story like the it it's um kind of a, a bit of a cliche story in the sense of like it's it's based on so it's it's in this kind of world it's not it's not earth it's, but it's kind of medievalish earth sort of thing like medieval timeish um, yet at the same time, the kind of political intrigue of the time is very similar to uh, Europe in like pre World War Two, post World War One, where there was this great war that happened um, in the world, and there was like two factions that ended up defeating the third faction, and from like the the 
the third faction that got defeated, who ended up surrendering, uh, a new leader kind of emerged from that country and ended up uh, is kind of gearing things back up for war. So uh, clearly the um, the the leader in this this country is, is Hitler. <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. no getting around it. Um, there there's a whole bunch of story beats that kind of alludes to the fact that like this that's kind of where the inspiration for this this person is uh, with a russian name i'm it's been a few weeks since we played it now i'm blanking on the name like narakov or something like that yeah yeah um i I, i've been blanking on a lot of these names and yes (laughs) um, i think the only ones i really remember the main characters some of the like the villains some of the side characters i I just don't i don't quite remember but this is the a symptom of us playing too many games (laughs) and too many too many too many many rpgs because they all have characters supposed to get to know them all and remember them all and uh rise of their powers unfortunately that i guess a casualty of this that um, even when I was writing my review, I had to go back and like check some names and make sure I'm spelling them right and all that stuff, just because I I just couldn't keep everything <laughs> couldn't keep everything straight. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I guess basically the way that the story works out is yeah, there it's kind of this uh, post-war but pre-war, and there's the of the three countries, the one that was defeated with the Hitler type is uh, an empire. The uh, main kind of the the one where the most of the story focused on. Um, is a monarchy and then there's a third country that's kind of the um, initially was uh, an ally of the monarchy and they're a democracy and mm-hmm. it's um, kind of funny to see the, uh, the the governments at work throughout the story because uh, they, they're all pretty dysfunctional for different reasons <laughs> so it's, it's pretty yeah. funny to see that but the story basically basically begins with um, the the monarchy um, is so you know, you have this war and they defeated this country, but there's still this like one city that that's kind of an independent city that the monarchy thinks really belongs within their within their I don't know, I guess not empire, but uh, Commonwealth, I guess is sure, the, sure. the way to say it. So they, they kind of want this in there. But the democracy, um, you know, it doesn't really support the the city being annexed. And, uh, you know, so then the, the Hitler type leader from the empire is now supporting the monarchy in in their bid to take kind of uh, envelop this this city state. So the what's happening at the time when the game first starts is that the princess of this monarchy is being uh, wedded to these the son of the Hitler type in the country that was defeated, and the whole point of it is that that they're supposed to kind of being. Um, solidifying this new partnership in this kind of new era of of time or whatever. So the the king of this monarchy is kind of made a side deal with this defeated nation that, you know, I'll marry my daughter to your prince, quote unquote, and uh, you know we'll form this partnership and we'll take over this other city and kind of nuts to the to the democracy. And um, so yeah, the so then we're introduced to the kind of the first two heroes, which is uh, Rowan, who is uh, a pirate or an ex-pirate, I guess. And, and oh man, I'm, bl- I'm blanking on the, the name of the girl that's with her, with him. Uh, Karina. Karina, right. Karina, yeah. Uh, so Rowan and Karina are like the first people that we meet and uh, they, they're infiltrating the, um, the pal or the castle of the monarchy to kidnap the princess before her wedding so that they can, uh, explain to the princess the you know what's going on with with the plot like what the what the empire is really up to what why why this guy is letting his son marry the monarchy that it's all kind of a sham so that the the empire can uh, resume trying to take over the world like in the in the previous world war 
Yeah. And um, so they, they, you know, they're, they're successful in capturing her and uh, they kind of go on this adventure um, out of the castle and the princess kind of warms up to the, like, she's obviously initially uh, mad <laughs> that she's being kidnapped by, uh, you know, these, these kind of bandits, I guess. Uh, but, you know, she, she rarely left the castle. So uh, she doesn't necessarily mind this, the, being outside the castle and, and learning about the world. And then they meet people along the way, like they meet the, the leader of a resistance and um, they, they meet up with uh, this, this priestess um, who joins up. Uh, and then there's, uh, oh man, there's uh, a representative the from the democracy. With the, with the blue hair. Oh yeah. The dark mage is hilarious. Aiden, I think his name is. Yeah. Aiden. And so he's, um, so he he's from the empire, like the evil empire, but he's actually um, trying to kill his sister, who is kind of a higher up in the in in the empire. Yeah, actually, like and a general for them. yeah, there's just there's so many um, intricacies with the story, and and you really do get to know all of the the different party members. Uh, they all get their time in the in the sun, sort of. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, you know, they're they're always introduced at a, at a nice pace you know, just long enough to kind of get to know the details of someone and then they add someone and then you get to see them interact. And I think, uh, you know, you and I had talked about, um, I kind of felt that the, that the conversations seemed a little bit too modern conversational. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a lot of slang that's used and, and it's just kind of a very um, informal talk. And, and so that kind of turned me off a little bit, but the thing that they that the, the I feel that the rating team did really well in this game is that you really come to know the characters and and uh, become invested in in their outcome, and yeah, you're think, always wondering what's the, happening next. I think it's one of the funny things about the game is that the the dialogue definitely is the focus, and the the game is very quick to kind of move past narrative events and just get back to the characters interacting with each other. I think they know that that's a strength of the game is that. The, the the dialogue and the humor and the writing are are things that people are going to latch on to. And I, I know you and I both did uh, yep. in playing this game. And I, it's just a funny thing that the the big events in the story lose. I think they lose a little bit of their impact because because the the game won't fixate on them very long or won't stay with them very long. It'll quickly go back to, OK, let's get the characters talking again or let's go. Let's get back into the character relationships and it's it's funny, I guess it's a kind of a double edged sword, you know, that you don't get the maybe full narrative impact that you would want, uh, but you do get, you know, fun, engaging character conversations. So um, if you if you prefer that, you're, you're going to get into this game because there's a lot of a, a lot of the a lot of you know funny, witty, uh, you know, meetings between the characters and interactions and um you know they're they're making fun of each other they're yeah. you know re- reminiscing about things they're often making fun of uh rowan and his drinking problem and uh that, that comes up pretty often um yeah. but you do see them grow especially the princess ariel like her her journey around the world to get a wider perspective of the conflict about what's been happening in this world and you know how how things have changed after the war um i, I think it is a it is a kind of nice transformation that she undergoes um, and I think she's probably one of the better characters. She does get a lot of the screen time. Uh, a lot of what's happening is in service of her uh, characterization, her development. Um, but I, I ended up liking her a lot. Um, I think mm-hmm. that she is kind of, 
she is at the center of the stage and she is kind of you know you do do you are drawn to her you're drawn to her dialogue and what's happening to her 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 kind of story um and she just becomes really kind of powerful and independent by the end rather than you know kind of helpless and dependent on um her the the royalty or royal family and stuff like that um so yeah i liked her a lot um but i think all the characters yeah like you said they do get their time in the sun um it is hard to just because of the way the progression system works it is hard to i i, I should clarify uh everyone shares you kind of share experience points so uh, after a battle you'll you'll you, uh, a single meter will fill up and if you level up you get some skill points and then you can use the skill points on individual characters uh skill trees or skill charts um so because of that if you spend skill skill if you spend all your skill points on two or three characters they're going to be a lot stronger and then when you get a new character and you don't have any skill points to put into their tree they fall behind so you're not as incentivized to use the new characters i feel like or it's trickier to use them I, i wish that you know you were awarded you know extra skill points when you got a new character in your party so that you could boost them up to the same level as your other party members or maybe maybe the implications that you're supposed to hang on to some skill points. I don't know that that might be a little counterintuitive, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They didn't make that very clear. And and the other thing too is with some of the characters, depending on how you're, like the the early characters uh, are more focused on kind of like single single attack, like big single attacks, like yeah, taking yeah. a big chunk out of one character, and then later on you start to get more characters that are more geared towards like attacking groups and that sort of thing. Like there's, Mm -hmm. um, and it all, it all kind of comes to a head for me in when the, the, uh, the gentleman from the democracy, he's like a, an old soldier and he gets, um, he cut, he joins the party and he's very focused on like all of his attacks. I don't know if he even can, uh, attack someone individually. (laughs) Like I think all of his attacks are party based. And like you said, when, when, by the time I think he was about the fifth or sixth person that joined, so I yeah I had spent all my points by that exactly, by then yeah. so everyone was already like a mile ahead of him and then I bring you know I added him in the party because I'm like okay I wanted to try it out and it was so weak that I was like ah forget <laughs> like, yeah you know because the the attacks are already weaker because they're attacking more and then it just was counterintuitive to the way because I was kind of employing a strategy where it's like okay I'm gonna try to take out the the most powerful enemy first or I'm gonna or maybe try to take out like a bunch of weak enemies. Uh, quickly like I, it was basically my my strategy for most of the game was like eliminate characters as quick as possible what like whether they're the strongest or the weakest so that when that when the wave you know the round comes and they start taking their turns that that they have less turns to hit me or whatever so to have this guy come in and just kind of like you know only hitting for small amounts but doing it to the entire party it just wasn't helping my cause at all so i i rarely used him and i i think i might have used him a handful of times the entire game i mean and you might not even have the crafting materials at the time when they join to uh improve their equipment right like you might have yeah. spent all your crafting materials boosting the uh so you know the weapons of the characters you do like to use so that's another thing that like you can't just necessarily go into a shop maybe you can but if you're you get a new party member and you you forget to you know equip them properly or, or you know level craft better weapons for them and then you go into a dungeon you know, whatever the materials you're kind of stuck, maybe it's harder to use them. So, yeah, I guess I just wish um, they're because the because of the emphasis on switching characters during battle or starting battles uh, and you, you, you get a choice, you get an option at the beginning of every battle to swap the current party like and 
Uh, I know when the game first started, you were a little annoyed by that. Like, oh, you know, just let me go in with the party members that I have, uh, you know, in like a <laughs> traditional RPG style. But I think later in the game, like the there are maybe certain battles where you want someone who can inflict a particular status effect or, um, you know, Aiden, the dark mage can summon like a, a demon to fight for your team. It's nice to have that extra uh, you know, member of, of your party to do damage. Uh, the demon yeah. can act, demon actually has an ability to um, destroy non-boss characters in a single hit, yeah. which can be good if you're if you're fighting a boss that has a lot of minions with them. Uh, so you've got that. You know, you can do you can use the demon to take out those minions pretty easily. Um, but yeah, I, I I yeah, I guess I just wish the incentives or wish the game made it easier or more palatable to do the character swapping because I think it is an interesting mechanic. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, well, and it's it, with one of the characters, I guess, with the priestess, it's, I think you get her, uh, like the fourth, I guess she's probably the, yeah, I think she's, I think she's fourth the fourth character. member. Yeah. And it's, and, uh, when she first gets in, I, I didn't really use her because I just found like the party I had. Um, so you can only ever use three people at a time. Um, though when you're in battle, you can actually swap people out, which was pretty, uh, yeah. a pretty neat mechanic. Though I, 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 really did forget that that existed for the longest time <laughs> so i didn't i didn't use the swap all that often but um the the priestess ended up like certain characters ended up becoming more useful later uh, because like the priestess the, the, the enemies they were pretty easy early on for the first little bit and then the as they, as they started to hit me harder the priestess is like the healer of the party Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden it's like, okay, like this, this is great. Now I've got someone that, that can keep us alive or revive if need be. And then uh, the priestess even had a shield too, which would uh, protect you from like one or two rounds of hits. Yeah. Um, so it got to the point where the priestess went from like, um, you know, the, the weakest to like overpowered. I, <laughs> to a certain degree, like mm-hmm. there, I don't, there was rarely a time where I wasn't using the, the, the priestess. Um and then, uh, yeah, Ariel's uh, had was a pretty strong in her attacking too. Like she yeah, could do both party hits, like full party hits, but then also had a very strong like single focused attack. Um, she had a so, she had an ability to buff her next attack. Like you could increase yes. your damage substantially on your next attack. So you're gonna charge her on one attack, and then use maybe her um, uh, her her uh, range attack that hits everybody on the second attack. You do a lot of damage. You can take out a lot of uh, small minions that way. So. Yeah, I, I kept her around for a long time. Now, the one thing they do do to try to force you to use other characters is there is a fatigue meter that yes. builds up. So if you're if you are using the same party all the time, like after a battle, their their meter will go up and then they become weaker as as the meter goes up higher. Uh, I mean, in theory, that's how it's supposed to work, but uh, I, I didn't really find that I was ever all that close. Like I. There's um uh, an item that you find throughout the game called Second Wind, and you can purchase it in stores and or you can even find it in chests and stuff. And I always felt like I had enough Second Winds that if I ever got to the point where it's like, okay, I've you know I've used the Priestess for like every battle for the last two hours, uh, so I'll, you know, I, I better use a Second Wind. So it was, uh, I never felt like I was ever feeling the effects of of overuse. So um I don't know if if how how useful that mechanic was, but yeah, it just um, seems like just something extra that didn't really add anything meaningful, I don't yeah. think. like, And I think this is one of the things that can happen with smaller teams that make RPGs. They maybe try to add things just to be different or just to, to you know add, add a new wrinkle that people haven't seen before yeah. necessarily. 
Um, but I, 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 that's not how to make that, that's not how to make a game like this interesting. No. I don't think like that. That's just something that it's it's if it could be annoying, but it's never interesting. You know. Yeah. Well, um, and I, it's like yeah. at the end. Um, if you if you go usually in RPGs, you go to the end, you get uh, you know your all your health back and stats back or whatever like that. Um, but the one wrinkle that they add in in this game is that the enemies respawn if you go to the end. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh that that's uh, I don't know. Like I said again, it, I what I ended up normally doing was just avoiding the end unless I wanted the enemies to respawn, mm-hmm. and so I would just basically use the heal the priestess's heal uh, effect and then just you know abuse second wins. <laughs> the nice thing about the ends is you could um, you could get a temp uh, a temporary buff. Uh, I'm not sure how temporary it was. I don't remember how, or how long it lasted, but it's usually like ate... five to ten five to ten battles or something. Right. Okay. Least. Yeah. So if you if you did that, you know, if you knew a boss fight was coming, or you know, if you left an area, you wouldn't want to leave an area necessarily because then all the enemies would respawn. But it's pretty easy to run around run around from the enemies. Like you don't yeah. you don't if you don't want to get no fight, random you, you can avoid them. Yeah, yeah. There's no random encounters. All the enemies you can see in the overworld. Yeah. Um, if you engage them from behind, you get you get like a bonus. Um, but yeah, you you can get a buff from uh, eating a particular meal at the inn. So in addition to sleeping and restoring your stats, uh, curing fatigue and things, you can also gain like you know extra attack or extra defense or whatever, uh, depending on the meal you choose. So I, I like things like that. I think that's a nice incentive to kind of balance out the fact that the enemies respawn. Of course, enemies respawning at the end, you know, that that's reminiscent of something like Dark Souls, where you go to the bonfire and you have to make that choice. You know, is it worth healing and refilling your Estus flasks um, at the bonfire, knowing that all the enemies in the world are going to respawn? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that's where that inspiration came from, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we got a couple more games coming up, so maybe we'll kind of just wrap wrap up our talk on rise uh like i said we both have reviews <laughs> on sites if you want to get more detail but i mean at the end of the day i i enjoyed the game i i thought it was uh a pretty fun i think it took me about i want to say 16 hours seven something mm-hmm. like that around there um it was fun i'm not going to spoil it but i was slightly disappointed at the ending i just i felt like maybe my expectations of it going were higher than a little too high or something I, I was kind of expecting kind of a you know grand finale and it was kind of a bit of a whimper for me but um it didn't really sour the experience at all it, it was still a, a great rpg it's i think it's something that uh, turn-based fans will really enjoy and especially if you're nostalgic or uh, just just enjoy the the pixel pixel graphics of the snes era yeah if you if you're into like yeah retro kind of rpgs throwbacks like snes gba kind of style uh look to them but but some nice flourishes during battle uh some some interesting some some funny character dialogue as well i think you'll get into it um i think the game it doesn't overstay its welcome i think it it is fairly well paced but some of the dungeons are repetitive and so and you know the, the the idea of having to like always collect like a bronze a silver and a gold key i think is overplayed uh, I would like to see a little bit more variety uh, in yeah. terms of nav- just navigating the world. But um, yeah, it's pretty good. And I, I think it's worth checking out. The, the team that made it, Stegosoft Games, um, they ha- they made a, a, an earlier game called um, Aerofell, or, uh, and it's on Switch, Aerofell Enhanced Edition. I actually reviewed that too. Um, this game is better than that. So if you played Aerofell and liked it, you, you'll probably like this even more. I think it's just a better game overall. Uh, more interesting characters. Uh, the battle system is changed up a little bit. Uh, more, uh, like I said, more 
more splendor or more uh just more c going on there mm-hmm. so uh yeah i definitely i would recommend this game uh not not you know not a full full recommendation to everybody but yeah rpg <laughs> 2d rpg fans So this was a game I was looking for after we played Symphony Night last year, uh, mm. because time is uh, is all crumpled into one big blob. I have I can't remember at all when we actually played it. Might have been mid. Trying to th- say I w- I want to say it was in the summertime or maybe the fall or something. I don't know. But I was anyway, say you no, and I, November. I was gonna say after was it, Halloween. Oh, it was like the the yeah the Halloween. Uh, special or something yeah, we did yeah, it was exactly. something because i asked so. about the halloween candy remember that that's right. how i remember that yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. i think it was i think it was like a literally a week after halloween or maybe yeah. maybe it was that week yeah yeah so as so as soon as we were done sympathy and I, I i was not ready to give up on that game but we had already played through it and i had already uh gone explored the and i i unlocked the entire map so i had nothing left to do in symphony night still wanted to play so i was looking for i i thought like there has to be indie games that are inspired by Symphony of the Night. It was, it's such an iconic game. Somebody must be doing it. And I had a lot of great recommendations from people that were, they were close. Like I, I, I watched trailers, I looked at reviews and stuff and I could see, you know, that a lot of them were maybe like 80% or 75% of what I was yeah. looking for. And, um, you know, as things go, uh, games just piled and piled and piled. So I just ended up forgetting what I was, uh, you know, moved on to the to the next patch of games and then uh yeah and then again like you like you said you you as we were playing rise of the power rise of the right. power we i think were, you yeah, said we you should pick up this other game when you're done and um this was a game that you reviewed for uh, nintendo world report and mm-hmm. i actually picked it up on uh, i think it had just released on game pass when you had That's recommended right. it so i didn't even have to pay anything for it which is the best kind of game and um so i downloaded it and it's a short game. It's four to five hours. Uh, but this scratched every itch that I had for Missing Symphony Night. I don't even think we've said the name yet. It's it's, nope. it's, it's a long one. No, I was leaving record. it to you because it's, oh, it's way too okay. long. And it's I thought ridiculous. that. I thought that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it, this is Record of Lodos War Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth. Uh, the actual title has some like uh, funny dashes to it as well. But uh, yeah. we won't worry about that. So Record of Lodos <laughs> War is a, a fantasy novel series from a Japanese author. I don't know if they've been translated or not or if it's turned into an anime or there is, there is an anime i, I feel okay. bad because uh one of one of our patrons asked um about the like the anime co- connected to the game and yeah <laughs> and it's funny because i had no idea i have no clue of any of this story stuff like i went in completely blind have no clue about any of it so yeah unfortunately i can't say if fans of the anime or books are going to 
enjoy the story that they present here. All I can say is I didn't need to know anything. <laughs> I, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I think that's the thing is that anyone can play this game. Anyone can pick it up. The fact that it's on multiple platforms and it's, it's just super accessible gameplay. If you've played any of the, you know, um, Egovania, Castlevania type games, uh, you'll easily be easily be able to get into it. Um, it is so feels so inspired by Symphony of the Night. Um, but it's also it's 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 a simplified version of that game, right? It's not so complicated. Backtracking really isn't required here. It's it's actually stage or level based, even though you can go back to earlier parts of the map. There's teleporters all over the place. Uh, I played the game mostly without teleporting back much at all. Like you can go back and get, um, you know, different weapons or extra health or or magic pickups to 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 raise your your maximum levels there. But you don't. I don't think you really really need to. Um, I think no. the game only gets, you know, majorly difficult at the end. Uh, but if you buy enough health potions, you'll probably be able to make your way through anyway. Uh, you know, if you've been Brute somewhat thorough <laughs> and you, yeah, if you, if you buy enough health potions, you'll be able to, 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 to finish it off. But um, yeah, the game, it looks so good. Like it, it really does look so much like Symphony of the Night and you have like a, a dashing move just like Alucard does in that game. Um, yep. but, uh, Deedlet, so Deedlet's the main character. Um, she's kind of like a high elf type character. She's got magical abilities. She's got a bow. Uh, there's all different types of, uh, weapons you can use, um, from, from swords and lances to, um, I guess like size, like short kind of daggers. Um, I, I think there might be an ax weapon. Um, there's all the all different kinds of stuff you find. Lances, um, I, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, longer spears, short, short swords, longer yep. swords, whatever. Um, you know, they all have different, you know, attack stats or you know, how fast they actually Speed. swing. Yep. So you, you can kind of kind of figure out what weapons works best for you, um, weapon style. But I, I found myself constantly switching it out because you find better weapons all the time. You can buy a ton of different weapons from the shops as well. Uh, that there's this one character uh, who ends up being like a shopkeeper and you find him all over the place. Um, mm. There's actually like a, a there's a gambling game you can play. Uh, not, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not, it, I think it's basically just roulette pretty much, but uh, yeah. or craps kind of. But you, you could you could play that game, too. Um, but yeah, the, the boss fights are fun. Um, it's got this interesting mechanic where you've got these two elements, wind and fire, that um, you're constantly you constantly have one of them activated at all times. Um, and if the wind is activated, you can walk through barriers that are blue colored uh, and they won't hurt you. They'll actually refill your magic meter. Uh, if you find a fire or a red barrier or an enemy shoots you with a red like kind of flaming attack, you switch to the fire element and then that attack won't hurt you. It'll refill your magic meter. So a lot of the um, environmental hazards that you're negotiating, uh, even like lava, if you switch to the fire element, you can walk through the lava, no problem. Um, boss fights often involve you switching between the two elements, you know, frequently or, or quickly to mm -hmm. avoid taking damage, right? They might, there's this one boss fight where it's kind of two like Ifrit genie type spirits that are floating <laughs> yeah. around and one's blue and one's red. And so they're, they're attacking with their different beams and you know, whatever one's going to hit you, you need to quickly switch to that element, uh, to avoid taking damage. Um, it also follows that if you have the fire one equipped, you can use that against the blue enemy and vice versa. Uh, and that goes for whether you're shooting arrows or or using your your sword or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, I love this game. I, David was you were absolutely yeah. you know fixated with it uh, when I first introduced oh, it to you. Oh, yeah, I just I went I went nuts like uh, I'm almost it's we ended up I think it's about a four to five hour game and. Yeah. It's one of those things where I was like, at the end, I don't know if I was 
quite ready to go but then i also felt like it was like the perfect ending um and the that mechanic that you talk about too is so it was so strange um when you first use it because it's i don't it wasn't it wasn't immediately intuitive to me on how it actually worked because on top of the the way that you described it with like the fire and wind and and yeah. avoiding uh, enemies and, or certain attacks and stuff it also heals you um so when you attack yes, so that's right so when you're when you're blue like when you're glowing blue when you attack uh, and defeat enemies the red meter uh fills up and there's three there's three levels so you'll see the numbers at the top like you'll start off obviously at one and um as you attack it'll go to two and then it'll go to three and then what happens is is that um when when one of them is at three you will automatically begin to heal so it doesn't matter like if you're almost dead or whatever it'll just start healing so if you're ever in a situation where you're almost dead you can switch to the element that has that's all that that's at the third phase and then just sit back and and get full power you know it doesn't do anything to your magic or anything it just heals you up and the but trade-off happens, is that it you, it also does more damage, right? Like you yeah. you can you can inflict more damage at a, with your level three fire spirit equipped, so you can heal and do more damage. But as soon as you take a hit, you lose a level. So yeah. that's the trade-off, right? And oh, what a great mechanic! So you, I know, and you're all and you're constantly switching back and forth because yes, all the time. Because if you if you have so usually what happens is is you go into a boss and you, you there's actually like this meat that's hanging from a hook always in front of the boss so that you can fill both up to three. So you walk into the boss fight and you have three. And then if you get hit, what you'll usually want to do is switch to the switch to the other element to heal while at the same time, you know, building, building it back up to three so that you can, you, you always have like a healing mechanic while you're fighting the boss. So you're always kind of flipping back and forth. And uh, it, it's just, it's, it's such a unique mechanic because I can't think of another game that uses something like that. And especially at the speed that you have to do it at too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few bosses that they're uh, like you had mentioned, kind of the Afrit genie style where one is one and one is the other, but a lot of the bosses, um, especially near the end actually have like dual where they'll use either, either fire or, or wind. So you'll be fighting one enemy and all of a sudden they'll be switching from like one, one attack to the other. And um and the boss fights uh, are kind of like the, the, obviously like Symphony of Night, but the, it's kind of that kind of Mega Man style of, um, you know, they have a very set pattern of, you know, they do this, then this, then this, then this. Yep. And so uh, I, I really enjoyed that because I, you know, I usually go in and, you know, get thumped and then, <laughs> you know, OK, I recognize like these things. So and then you just respawn right outside the right beside it, like the uh yeah. the boss the boss area so then you go back in and you you know you get a little further and then you die and then you get a little further and there's really no uh penalties to dying you just keep on going until you finally get it and uh, the the final uh the final final there's like this boss rush uh at the end um where, where it's just it's just absolutely anarchy because <laughs> it's just yeah, you're just old not for dear life and uh, i tell you the the euphoria from from that final uh slash of the sword to, to finish that game i was like i was it was like one in the morning i was like sweating i was like no i'm not going to bed till this is finished this is this is you know bs i'm gonna get this done uh it was it was so fun uh getting through those bosses 
Yeah, I was, oh no, I was the same. I, I was sweating. My fingers were like starting to hurt and like tense <laughs> yeah. up. Like I had to, I had to, I had to take a break. I think uh, I, I probably would have been better off playing that if I still had my Switch Lite or if I may have borrowed my wife's Switch Lite or something. Uh, but playing that on the OLED, the OLED is a little bit heavier, and I keep jamming the buttons, like swinging the sword <laughs> or, or swiping constantly. Yeah. I, I think I was using a lot of weapons that were quick but didn't do a ton of damage. So you could do a lot same. of slashes, yeah. but you yeah, have to same. jam the button to do all your attacks, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so that uh, took a lot out of me, but uh, it's just such a fantastic game, and I I, I feel like yeah. it very easy because of the funny name, very easy to slide under the radar of people. Yes, um, like there's no real telling looking at that name that oh hey this is like Symphony of the Night Light. Like if you like yes. that game, you're probably gonna like this one, but there's no yeah. real way to know that, right? Yeah. Well, and it's funny too. The so uh, like um so you played it on Switch, I played yeah. it on Game Pass, uh, but with the with the way that the, the game played, like you said, because uh, I also used like the small, quick uh, attacks. Yeah. So I was like jamming the buttons, too. And I, I, I don't find the Xbox controller is terrific at, at that. Like the buttons are a little too clicky. So it, what I ended up doing was uh, I have uh, an iPad Pro. So I just ran the like there's an Xbox app that you can run. So I had like, you know, my uh, what I, I don't know, it's like a 12 inch iPad or whatever. Yeah, and so I had a PS4 controller <laughs> because I just find that that's the kind of the best setup for if you're like jamming the buttons really quick. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up playing a lot of the game <laughs> through on my iPad with the with the PlayStation controller. Um, but yeah, like there's like you said, the title doesn't really tell you much. And then uh, even when I went into Game Pass, it, like it was hard to find the game, even when you told me what it was. And, and then there, I don't like even the the artwork didn't i don't know it it, it just didn't because they're, they're talking about the books it's based on and stuff so yeah you could easily be like well i've never read them so you know maybe i'm not i'm not gonna pick up i'm not gonna be able to get into it because i'm not gonna know what's happening and i definitely did not know what's happening <laughs> like there's clearly things going on in the story where it's like they're they assume that you know certain things mm-hmm. but it's the story is so completely secondary that it's like it's completely and utterly non non needed like you you just yeah. play it enjoy it don't worry about it if you do know what's happening i'm sure there's like that added benefit of like that added enjoyment but it yeah, certainly yeah. does not take away from it yeah, I, I agree with you. Like the, the gameplay is so refined, feels so good. That that mechanic, the switching between the element mechanic is so kind of novel um, and it is Im- implemented in the game so well. Like you you are, it's not just like one of those optional things. Like, yeah, this is an ability, you can take it or leave it. No, like you have to use that and you, you use it in smart ways that just feel fun. Um, all the boss fights implemented in some way. Even just, just even the bow and arrow puzzles are fun. Like you, you have to take out your bow and arrow sometimes and shoot shoot arrows through like tight corridors yeah. to uh to ricochet. cut a rope open to ricochet and and you know yeah. open up a door like it's it's a little silly but it's fun like it's just a nice little break from the from the action um yeah. there's a lot of different enemies um you can you can replay the game uh and you know maybe try to get some new weapons or complete the bestiary or whatever um gosh this is one of those games where if they announced like dlc for it i'd, I'd buy it in a heartbeat or yep. if they announce like a you know you a can play the game as a new character or a sequel, yeah. I, I'd be all over that. And it's yeah. just yeah, this is a game that more people need to play. Absolutely, we need more of these. Um, I, 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 I it's just funny that there, there's this whole backstory to the game that just doesn't <laughs> matter. That's how good. That's how that's how fun. That's how good the gameplay is. That the the backstory, the world that this game is based on, 
uh, this whole fantasy novel series does not matter. I think yeah. that's kind of funny. So the game is good enough that I might actually check out the anime. I like that. Well, if you do, let me know because I, I I'm curious about it, and I, I the game is so good that I, yeah, I almost want to see what, uh, <laughs> what 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 all the fuss is about the the storyline and the, the world itself. So. the final one this is the one that uh, came out of nowhere <laughs> and sh- still shocked to uh, to believe that it just uh, came out and uh, yeah, i literally you, you just it, you, i just published my review this morning like the <laughs> we're recording on a wednesday and the review the review embargo came up this morning um the the same basically the same time as uh your as monarch the monarch, monarch embargo yep. which is a game you reviewed um yeah and this is uh the voice of the second entry in the voice of cards series which i guess we can call a series now i i wasn't super surprised that the a second game was coming but i think the timeline was <laughs> yeah. a little ridiculous so this is not even five months uh after the first voice of cards game from square enix the card-based tabletop style rpg uh so the first one was the isle dragon roars the second game was just is it's coming out it's coming out on the 17th so we're recording the wednesday it's coming out on the thursday i believe uh and so this is called voice of cards the forsaken maiden um and it's it's very much just more voice of cards so if you liked the first game you're probably gonna like this one uh they really don't change very much uh, it is a new narrator, um, which I didn't love mm. as much compared to the first one. The first one I thought was very effective. I, you know, uh, my my complaint about the first game was that I wanted to hear the characters talk, but it was a, I had no problem with the narrator himself. Uh, it is a different narrator, so I, I'm not sure why they made that decision. Um, but at any rate, uh, it is, is other than that, it's still a very very similar game. Um, the you know the the turn-based battles are back where you use the gemstones to as kind of your currency for uh, special attacks magic attacks what have you um you get different party members as you go uh rather than kind of accruing party members and being able to switch them in and out uh the narrative style is a little bit different here i I likened it more to like a collection of short stories rather than one long uh one long kind of Hmm. plot line one solid plot line there is an overarching story here about a girl uh, a maiden of a village who she's kind of trying to um, re- realize her potential, to, uh, to, I guess, to become like a, a fully fledged maiden. Uh, the idea is that the maidens of every village or every island protect the island from from destruction. Uh, I guess you know a giant monster or natural disaster, whatever. Uh, something threatens the isle. This kind of foreboding evil in the background, and the idea is that you know, um, the the maiden, her name is Lati. Uh, you want to go to the other surrounding islands to uh, fetch these relics or borrow these relics from the other maidens. Uh, I guess the maidens who have already kind of reached their full potential, and maybe they, uh, she Lati, can just borrow the relics to uh, to assist her in her uh, her her journey. Um, the main character can be named uh, by you. Uh, the uh, the 
given name uh, kind of funny is Baron, uh, B-A-R-R-E-N, which is fun. I thought it was kind of funny for a, a named character who maybe doesn't have a ton of personality to be named Baron. That, feel, that feels like a, a bravely default kind of joke uh, yeah. for a character name. But at any rate, yeah, Baron and Laddie are the two main characters and uh, you get a boat and you kind of see, you, you take the boat and sail to different islands and on every island, a new story or a new chapter kind of unfolds. Um, you hmm. don't really have a choice of islands until about two thirds of the way through the game where you can choose to go kind of north or east, I guess. Um, there there are, I think, believe it's five chapters or four in a finale. Uh, so about the same kind of length as the first game as well, you know, in that 10 hour 10, range. 10 to 12, I guess. Yeah, 10, yeah, 10 to 10 to 12. You could go back and there are some secrets to find afterwards. But um, yeah, so again, it's, it's fairly well paced. I think the, the, the breakdown into different stories uh, for each island it does give the game a good sense of pacing. Um, you get different kind of party members for every island you go to. So you'll get a new maiden uh, who joins your team, like a new kind of a new element, right? Like you go to the first island in the south and it, it's the water or ice uh, element uh, affiliated maiden. Uh, complete with like a, a water temple as well that you have to explore. Uh, so you get, and then uh, she has like an attendant uh, that joins your team. So you, you always get kind of two partner characters that join you temporarily. Uh, so you've got four characters at a time in this game compared to, I think it was only, I think it was always three in the first game. So that, that is another slight departure. Uh, rather than going to explore like larger land masses, you get a boat in this game. So you're doing a little bit more exploring over the sea. Uh, Do the cards... Do the, yeah, so are the are the is the sea cards that flip as you move? Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Oh, the, so okay, the, so the there's cards. like waves that are kind of flipping as you're moving through the sea. Yeah, yeah. So the, the cards flip over in the water, say, and then they reveal water tiles, or they water. reveal uh, mountains you find in the water, or oh, really? <laughs> um, or or sh- boats that have been shipwrecked. You can still find like event cards that pop up in the island. So there oh, yeah. are kind of those side quests uh, connected to events. You know, maybe you find a key somewhere, you need to find the door where the key goes, or uh, mm. you you help someone with a bag. There's a funny side quest early on. Uh, I, I won't spoil how it ends, but you, you basically you find like a necklace or a, a bag of jewelry or something like that. And you have a choice to return it to the person who lost it or not. Um, and so depending on your decision, the, uh, a, an interesting event will unfold. So uh, there are <laughs> there are, you have some of those fun choices, too, with with how you approach, um, uh, I guess, different uh, different events that occur in the game. Um, it's, it's fairly easy. I avoided uh, a fair number of random, the random battles that appear. Um, I think the random battles appear a little bit too much. I might've had that complaint about the first game as well. Uh, the encounter rate's pretty high. Um, uh, it's that problem is kind of compounded by the fact that in the switch version of the game, the, there's a little bit of a, not, not lag, but just a little bit of a delay, uh, before combat starts. And then after you win a con after you win an encounter before your experience points and gold are, uh, I guess tallied, uh, and you, you earn them. So there's a little, a few second delay, which gets, it gets a little bit annoying, but not, not, not certainly not a deal breaker or anything like that. Still, uh, still fine. Um, you played, um, the first one you played on PS5, right? PS4. Uh, I, I played on PS5. That's right. Yeah. And then, yeah. then I checked out the Switch version. One of uh, Alex uh, at Nintendo World Report, he he edited the video review for me. And so I went through, he sent me some Switch footage and I kind of compared it and I thought it was closer than it is now. I, I may, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I maybe it is about the same, but playing more of the game on Switch this time, I guess playing the way, playing the game all the way through on Switch this time, it did feel a little bit slower 
I wonder if it's something that'll get patched for for launch day. That could be something that uh, that comes that comes here um, with this with this launch or with this release. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess launch day is tomorrow for us. But yeah, we'll see if there's an update to it. But again, not not a deal breaker. Uh, there's no there's really a lot of lag. Uh, only when you know a bunch of cards are all flipping at the same time that I notice any. Otherwise, the performance is pretty good. There's there's one long load time at the very beginning when you load up a save file or start a new one. Uh, but after that, the load times are pretty minimal. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I guess the the big the, some of the big changes, like I mentioned, are just the just kind of separation of the game into smaller chunks, smaller story bit, smaller story beats or storylines. I guess like you you finish an island uh, and you finish those characters, and then you like that that's kind of that part is it's done. A, you don't you don't have a reason yeah. to go back there. You know, like unless you wanted to flip over every card in the game, I guess, or look for every treasure you might go back there, but there isn't, there really isn't any backtracking in this game at all. Yeah. There really wasn't in the first one either. Um, exactly. Yeah. Except for, like you said, if you wanted to go back, uh, I think I can't remember. There might've been, cause I played on PS five. There might've been a, an achievement to flip every card or something like that. So I mm. think that might've been the only, really the only reason to go back. Cause there's nothing there. Um, yeah. Is, uh, I guess you don't want to, we don't want to spoil anything, but is there, are there any connections to the first game? Like story beats wise, like do we meet any old characters or can you say without, (laughs) I will say the word. Yes, there, there is, or are connections to the first game, uh, aside from just gameplay mechanics. So, uh, anyone who has played the first game will, will, will see something in the second game and be like, Oh, that's cool. Um, and I was, I was happy to, uh, see some of those, uh, uh, direct references to the first game. So yeah, someone can, who played the first one can look forward to that. And I get the sense they're going to keep doing that because the second, um, the first game ended with a message like, you know, see you next time in the world of voice of cards or something like that. And this yeah. game ends on the exact same kind of title card at the end. So uh, it does seem like they're setting up this universe. And I guess if people keep buying them, they're going to keep making them. Yeah. I imagine <laughs> once you've got this template where you're really just changing the story, uh, and you know, the music felt very similar. I couldn't, I couldn't say if it was exactly the same. I didn't really, didn't remember, but, um, if really, they're just changing the, the narrator, uh, and then the story, it's not too much effort maybe to, uh, to keep pumping these out. So I, I'd, I'd keep playing them. I think they're fun. Um, they're not too, they're not too long. And I think th- there's a, there's definitely a, pl- um, a niche to fill with like smaller, you know, seven to 12 hour RPGs. So I, I'm happy yes. to see more of these games. <laughs> Yeah, well, now it's funny because like now that we've uh, played a few like early in the year, I- I'm appreciating them more. Like you know, the yes, ten to yes. twenty hours, uh, especially after um, Monarch that was um, you know into the fifty hour range. So yeah. um, it- it's it's definitely nice to at least mix them in anyway. Like putting these fifty to hundred hours back to back can be pretty pretty t- difficult. Uh, you mean you Especially need a palette cleanser, right? Right, and I think I think that's yeah. what Deedlet was such a good example of that. Like between Cold Steel two, and then Pokemon Legends, like to have Deedlet, you know, a five hour game in the middle there was fantastic, yeah. uh, and a you, totally you, different kind of game too, because you're going yes, from like yes. a turn based game where a lot it's very passive, you know, to a certain degree, like you're not mashing buttons or that sort of thing, and then to go to um yeah deedlet that that all of a sudden like you're you know it's kind of back to the original nintendo fielding days where you know energy's flowing and you're trying to you know time your jumps and and dodge attacks and you're hitting buttons and you're you know 
peeling the skin off your fingers because you're, right, yeah. you're jamming the controller so bad. But even even Voice of Cards is great for this because, like, you know, we've got all these big games coming up. Triangle Strategies around the door, uh, you know, around the corner. Uh, Elden Ring, uh, Horizon for those who are picking it up. Like, this is a great game to you know finish before those come out or just to have like when you when you want to break between the next big thing you know, to, to, to whip through this game pretty fast you know like it's 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 great to have these kind of again they're, they're, i think they're just really really suited to portable uh even though i played the first game on on ps5 like that that was just because we could only get we got that code earlier we couldn't get the switch code until closer to launch so i wanted to make sure we hit the embargo uh, so I took the I took the PlayStation code, knowing that I'm not going to publish this review on a Nintendo site until I've checked out the Nintendo version pretty thoroughly. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I went through like an hour of Nintendo footage. And I was like, OK, like, yeah, this, the, the performance looks pretty comparable here. Um, again, I couldn't remember if that was uh, after a patch or an update or anything like that. But um, I did want to say one more thing about um, the Forsaken Maiden. Uh, and that is, gosh, of course, I just had it. No, I don't. Um, the there there are some like cool narrative things it does with uh you kind of i don't want to say too much but you you kind of have to um fix lati a little bit like their parts of her are are broken or need to be mended uh so you kind of you go into this alternate world uh and you're kind of repairing damage to her heart or something like that um it's just and that, so that is kind of a cool departure that happens where you you leave the the world that you've been exploring and you go into this alternate world um, that's kind of devoid of color and everything like that. So that's kind of a cool thing to 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 see mm-hmm. happen, and then you know explore this like sub world, I guess. That's kind of inside her inside her mind or inside her heart or something like that. So so that was a that was a pretty cool find. Um, the the I mentioned that like I think the overarching story suffers a little bit for being broken into smaller chunks. Um, it is cool to get different characters to your party that going to show up and they've got different abilities. You have to learn how to use their abilities, but the new maidens that, and their partners that join your team don't level up with you. Only you level up. And so what that, mm. what that means is when you get to the, the final, the final battles are really, really tough. I found because a, a probably goes skipping half the battles, but also because your partners don't level up. Like only, only Baron and Lati actually do level up for your team. Um, there is kind of a there's a, a puppet character that joins you as well, but they're they're kind of a, a throwaway. I wouldn't I wouldn't really consider them much of a character. They're kind of like they're more like a, a guide, uh, yeah. even though they're on your team. Uh, but yeah, so the there, there's some the progression kind of that suffers a little bit, uh, both in terms of the gameplay, but also the narrative. Um, you don't really get to form these longer relationships with all the characters because as soon as you meet the two you complete their mission uh and then you leave their island and then that's kind of done with it right so um yeah. it, it is kind of funny that way but if, you, if you're if you're into that style of storytelling where the the stories are their narrative individual narrators are a little bit more contained rather than um always in service of the overarching narrative then you might you might dig that and i have to give them props for trying a new style for sure um it isn't just the same as the first game with this long story where you're you're, you're basically seeking out the dragon um this one like it does feel like there's more things going on and uh you're still you're helping people solve individual problems um one of the islands has like an arena where you're fighting monsters like that's pretty cool um, and yeah, I, I'll probably leave it at that just in terms of what you see, because I want yeah. people who, uh, haven't played it or are planning to play it to, uh, to discover what, uh, what it's all about. But, um, it's a fun game. I, I ended up giving it the exact same score, 
Uh, I mentioned on Twitter that, which is 7.5 out of 10. Uh, I mentioned on Twitter that I actually think I prefer the first game a little bit more, uh, but I was very happy to play the second one. I do think they're extremely comparable. Um, just, just, just different in a few, a uh, few small ways. Yeah. I, I really enjoy Yoko Taro's uh, games. Like it, I find that um, it just, it does, does tries to do unique things or tries to do things that haven't been done. Just that, just that kind of style. I don't know. It's I like even it's funny because like the voice of cards, like the battle system is very rudimentary, really. Like it's, it's yeah. kind of a, just a basic RPG, but, but just the way that they tried to present it in, in this neat way, like I, I, that's where my appreciation of the first game came in is that it's like, yes, it's using, you know, basic RPG mechanics, but I still just enjoyed the, the the way it was presented and the and the story beats and that sort of thing so for sure um yoko chair is definitely one of those you know uh writers or developers that uh, i i'm trying to follow now because it's just like you know we played near automata and i love that mm-hmm. and love this and then and we're gonna play near like, replicant yeah, right we're gonna play I that for sure just just got it so i'm <laughs> yeah, uh, nice. i'm happy with that so uh, we'll have to get on that uh <laughs> at some point during this deluge of games that are coming out in the next I know, few weeks i know but... it's, it's it's tough but i, I, I kind of echo those sentiments you know whatever yokotaro is working on like it, it's it, he's so kind of eclectic as a, a game maker that it is worth checking out and just seeing what's going to be different here what's going to be unique yeah. and um yeah you can you can you can see his um uh, dna or his, his kind of fingerprints all over all over these games um but those are they're often kind of smaller things right they're often like little details that um i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to talk about on a podcast necessarily uh but people kind of discover and you you, you for anyone who's played one of his games you you see them you're like oh he, that that's one of his trademark kind of things you know yeah. you, you recognize that in the story or whatever but but yeah uh good game uh definitely worth picking up fans of the first one should should like this one um and I am very curious to see what they do with the third one. And we probably won't have to wait very long. If, if the timeline keeps <laughs> yeah, up, we're going to get three and four later this year, right? So yeah. maybe in the summer we get one, in the winter we get one. I don't know how uh, if they're going to keep up that, uh, that oh, pace, but I we'll see. I still can't believe they did it so five months after it and is, right crazy, before. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's, it's amazing to me what Square Enix has in the hopper right now because they have so many games coming out within like a four week span. And then they drop, they just drop this out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and this is, like you said, it must've sold well enough that, that the, they went ahead and made this one. Yeah. And it either uh, sold well enough or it's cheap to make. It's one of those yeah. two, right? Or maybe it's probably, both. <laughs> probably both. Because yeah. they probably like now that it, it seems like uh, the type of game where it's like, okay, the engine is there. They yeah. kind of just need to like palette swap. It's like, okay, like now we just got to drop new card faces. Yeah. I can't or, imagine the know. second one costs very much at all to me. No. After you've got no. the first one, you're using, you're reusing so many assets. Yeah. Um. Again, it's, it's a new narrator. You're recording his lines and it's our new art for the characters and art for the abilities, I guess, maybe some new music, but so much of it is so much <laughs> yeah. of what the game is is just gotta be 90 percent reused yeah you know? yeah yeah feels that way so no but yeah if they make more i'll probably pick this one like i I got so many pre-orders coming in i'm probably gonna wait to see if this goes on sale in a little bit mm-hmm. um we were joking before like you know the you got elden ring coming up um triangle strategies coming up like a week after that I'm, i've already had to make the decision to pass on horizon for now and wait for the sale because it's yeah, you know too much coming out and then um just played monarch um luckily <laughs> i got to review that one um because that that would be another uh hit to my pocket pocketbook mm-hmm. if not 
Um, and I've, I don't, I don't think you're getting Stranger Paradise, but I definitely have that pre-ordered because I want my Stranger Paradise baseball cap. Yeah, I. <laughs> if anything tempted me, maybe it was the baseball cap more than anything. No, but I, yeah. I, I feel like in Mar- I feel like March is going to be just continuation of playing those th- these two games, and then we'll see what else comes out. Like, there's there's probably still unannounced games. Like, here's the thing: Silk Song could drop any day. Like, there are. <laughs> yeah. There are, there are these games we've been waiting for for a long time. Sports Story, Silk Song. Like, they, they could drop any time. Like, if anyone sees, like, a free week in March, like, oh, okay, let's just put it out there. Like, I, I can't think of... I mean, you've got Kirby at the end of the month. You've got Triangle Strategy at the beginning because February is so short. Everyone's still going to be playing Elden Ring. March is March is already full of stuff to play. Like, I don't, I don't well, know. It's funny. Like, And then those uh, RPGs, like those remakes of old RPGs, like uh, I think Live Alive, Live Alive, and Chrono Cross are both in April. I think are they both? I think Chrono Cross. I thought Live Alive was July. I oh okay. Right. Chrono. I think Chrono's in April though. Right? Live Alive is July twenty second. Chrono Cross, I think, is like April seventh or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then oh, I gosh, remember I there write. was a couple, a couple games coming out in April, and because I, I was thinking like, okay, I wonder if. You know, we're going to get just creamed at the beginning of March, maybe, yeah. you know, get through March and then April can be you know, stuff that we missed out on <laughs> because right. it was too busy. And then I'm like, oh, crap. Like, OK, now that we got these other now we got the April listings already coming out. And and, and that's all like there's going to like you said, there's going to be stuff we don't even know about because they're going to be shadow dropping stuff. And then, yeah, well, you know, the there's April... going to be something around in like the June E3 time because everyone's going to have their own. Like, I, I don't. I can't imagine E3 is going to be much like I'm I'd imagine the all the hardware makers are going to be doing their own thing. Uh, but it's the time of year where they're dropping stuff. So, you know, something's coming out then. too. You're going to like this week in April. This is nuts. So first basically first week of April ish. April 5th is Star Wars Lego the Skywalker saga. I think okay. it's coming to every platform. April 7th is Chrono Cross. April 8th is Advance Wars 1 and 2. And April 12th is 13 Sentinels on Switch. Like that, that's one week. That's one oh, week. Man. Like, I, I, you're, we're, I, I'm playing at least two of those, I think. You know, maybe I might play Star Wars. I don't know. Like, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested in playing Advance Wars. Chrono Cross is a day one purchase for sure. Like, some you're, you're playing at least one or two of those like i think a lot of people would be at least interested in one or two of those so um yeah that that that's tough right i mean oh, and you, you and i can vouch like april 20th yeah exactly so the, <laughs> that nintendo switch sports comes out at the end of the month this one. is what we know right now there's yeah. going to be more things that get announced for that time frame right oh, so sure. yeah it's just just crazy that like you know we got all these announcements all the months have just filled up with all these great games and um, you're looking for like, oh, when's it? When's a good backlog clearing month? <laughs> yeah, doesn't doesn't look like there is going to be one. So yeah. I don't know. Well, and you still need to uh, pick up that PS5 upgrade for Cyberpunk, and uh, please, you have to review. Please. You ha- you have to review the uh, Dual Sense. Oh uh, my gosh! What do you call it? The uh, the interactive um, romance scenes of uh... yeah, that's right. The the <laughs> added the added romance scenes in the Dual Sense editions. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I don't know that that that's one of those like. I really have nothing else to play right now. I'll put Cyberpunk in the download or the update will probably take all day uh, and I won't actually get to play it. I'll probably just forget about it or something. I feel I feel like that's one of those features where they're like, OK, you know, we're going to drop our update. And then they looked around to see what was happening and like, oh, man, we need we need some kind of Twitter trending news to stick. Yes, so exactly, they, exactly. So they just like told some intern to be like, 
go go figure out a way to to make the the dual sense uh, you know rumble during the said said thing so that we can make a deal big deal about it and everyone can talk about it on That's twitter right. Every, everyone was complaining that the characters couldn't get it on uh so <laughs> let's let's add let's add some sex scenes we'll add dual sense and uh everyone's gonna pick it up again on ps5 like i i don't know i don't i don't think this is the and I joked about it on Slack. Like this was the the, the timing of it could not be worse. Like yeah. you drop it. Like I don't know if it was the same day. It was after. It was literally yeah. after the direct. And everyone's talking about all these big games that got announced or yeah. dated or whatever. And no one's talking about <laughs> Cyberpunk or it, it's the butt of every joke still. You know, like yeah. I don't know. It just the whole thing still continues to be a mess. I know there's people that enjoy it and are probably going to like getting into it now. I, if I, if I were going to play it, I'd want to start from the beginning. I think uh, yeah. I just play with a you know, different, different class and play the game a little bit differently and see, maybe see that would be an easier way to enjoy the game. You get to see all the changes kind of from, from the beginning rather than trying to jump into a completed save file. So uh, I yeah, definitely want to see what it looks like now. But... Like I do. Yeah. It's funny because I actually do want to play it. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but, I get it. But, I get it. But not now. Like it's got a, I don't know. It's such weird timing. Like if this had come out a couple months ago, I probably yeah. would be playing it right away. But if this was beginning of January, I would have played it for sure. Like if this yeah. was before Pokemon Legends, I I would have given this a shot just because it's be yeah, beginning of the year. There's not a lot of new games, but to drop an update like again a week before Horizon, two weeks before Elden Ring, like. Yeah. what are you thinking like just just no there's no sense there's no no un, yeah no rhyme or reason to it but nope yeah it, it, it just smacks of like a lot of this game just just kind of pushing everything out before it's ready you know just just doing everything as fast as possible rather than without strategizing about when to do it or uh, yeah it's just just weird like whatever <laughs> the, or cyberpunk cyberpunk is cyberpunk yeah i thought they would have waited for and it, it kind of came out with with little like even they didn't make a that huge a deal it's like here's a twitter reveal or whatever like i thought they would have done something waited until there was like some kind of xbox expose or something or playstation yeah, or even, like even a, a playstation play or a playstation event like a playstation um the, what do they call state of play state, state of play, play. yeah, like, yeah something like that i but. would have assumed it would have been something like that where it's like it's coming you know today or tomorrow sure, or sure. something like and then you had all eyes on it and stuff oh, but just, a, just a blog just... post and a, and a twitter drop that's what it felt <laughs> like right, right? and <laughs> yeah um i mean that that it feels like that's the kind of effort they're putting into it I'm, I'm sure people have worked really hard to make it a better game but you've just lost so much um goodwill and yeah, yeah i, I, I don't I'm know the Witcher I, for now I just don't think it's a good enough game to even for at least I didn't enjoy it enough to go back and try to re, you know, maybe get some more joy out of it. I just don't, yeah. I just don't know that there's there's enough. I, I played it, finished it, rolled credits. Good enough for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I make the Witcher joke, but now I'm now I'm yeah. starting to think it's like, hey, we were we were promised a Witcher three uh, next gen upgrade. Where is that? Yeah, I know. I know they're going to spend all the time in next gen upgrades and not making a next gen <laughs> game. Yeah. I mean that 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 but that's what kind of cost them, right? Is trying to release this game on the previous gen platforms. Uh, you release it on PS4 and Xbox One, and then that's probably where a lot of this trouble started, right? Rather than yeah. just skipping straight to date and you know native dedicated PS5 and series Xbox Series they versions. Just, yeah. They should have just owned the the next gen consoles. Like if yeah. they had done a, a good job on next gen consoles, that it, it kind of would be like Breath of the Wild. You know, when the mm-hmm. Switch came out. 
every the attach rate was like 101 percent or something right (laughs) people who didn't have a switch were still buying the game exactly yeah it would have been i think it would have been something similar to that where it's like if they nailed it out of the park on the next gen and and just focused on that then they Mm -hmm. they probably would have done well but like like i'm sure i'm sure it's made money i'm sure it's made money but i I think it's hurt the reputation a lot i think that whatever their next game is like brand new game whether that's witcher 4 or something else um i think they're gonna have to do a lot to convince people Oh yeah. <laughs> to to pre-order it or to to get behind it. Um, be it a lot can't of skeptics. just be it can't just be like oh here's Witcher four like we you love Witcher right you love the TV show you loved Witcher three here's Witcher four I think they have to do more I think they have to like reassure people that this is going to come out in a playable state and not yeah. just something where you throw free DLC at people to to placate <laughs> yeah. them. So that's right. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Our, our, our last call took a turn for the worst there when you've made your cyberpunk <laughs> joke. So I hope you're happy about that, but, um, well, maybe we'll, cyber, maybe we'll... cyberpunk ruins everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no patch for the podcast to fit to edit that out, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we'll save the, uh, that, uh, kind of discussion we teased a little bit for another day. Um, another episode but uh yeah so this is uh an episode where we want to look back at uh, some of the smaller games we've played over the last few weeks uh I-, I think we could all you know to some extent and and maybe uh even more recommend them to everybody uh rise of the third power uh deedlet and wonder labyrinth and voice of cards uh the forsaken mm-hmm. maiden all all pretty solid either rpgs or uh, games with rpg elements but certainly all games in the thirsty mage wheelhouse for sure um, I'm, I'm happy that, uh, you know, I got to turn David on to some games that he really got into, especially Record of Lotus War. Um, uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe we get into a new, a new fantasy book series as a result of playing that <laughs> game. Right. But, yeah. um, yeah, these are games everybody should check out. Really good palate cleansers, you know, not, not overly long, um, either RPGs or kind of action RPG type games. Um, but all, yeah, a lot of character, a lot of fun, um, good design. You know, they all play, they'll play pretty well. Um, and, available on different platforms too right i think rise of the third power is on it's on steam i think there might be a ps4 version as well um and uh, obviously uh, we played it on switch uh deal and wonder labyrinth like david mentioned uh, it's on game pass like no no excuse to not go and at least try it if you have an yeah. xbox but it's on switch plays great portably plays better handheld than on tv for some reason i don't know why That's funny. there's a little I've bit of lag with a few games now yeah, yeah, it's a it's a funny thing. It was a little bit of lag playing on TV. I I played the whole thing portably basically, uh, and then yeah, voice of cards, Forsaken Maiden. If if that's uh, if you like the first game, you're gonna like this one. Uh, it's a little bit different, uh, changes up the narrative style, but uh, still still very good. Um, but yeah, I think that'll do us for today. Obviously, a lot, a lot of big games coming out. We're going to be <laughs> yeah. talking about those really soon. Uh, I know we'll be sharing impressions of games like Elden Ring and uh, the full uh, full Triangle Strategy when that comes out. Uh, maybe even some demo impressions of Triangle Strategy as well. Uh, I can say that I really, really enjoyed it. The progress carries over and you got to love a demo where uh, the progress uh, will transfer to the full game. So The only way to do it. Uh, yeah, they, they, they've, be and the they've been the only legal it. way to do it. That's right, exactly. And they, they've been they've been doing they've been doing a good job with uh with those kind of games. So yeah. Uh but yeah, that'll that'll do us for this episode. This was episode one fifty one. Uh you know, a lot of cool uh indie retro style games, smaller games to play. Uh and you know, God knows we, we need to have smaller games to uh to get us through the next few months because we're we're yep. definitely picking up some heavy hitters soon. Yeah, our uh, our list of uh, completed games is only growing by the day. That's right. 
Uh, so yeah, so thanks everyone for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. You know, leave us a leave us a uh, a rating on your podcatcher. Leave us a comment. Uh, you can email David David at thethirstymage.com with any uh, feedback, suggestions for episodes, games you want us to cover. We'll see if we can fit them into our very very loaded RPG schedule. But uh, we'd love to hear from you, uh, mm-hmm. whatever that is. But uh, thanks everybody for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. Bye.